Another thrilling win over the weekend and a game the Sabres should win coming up. We'll look back on the Minnesota game. We'll look ahead to the Philadelphia game here on this Monday afternoon. Coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Also, a look back at the Rasmus Ristolainen trade. Locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Locked On Sabres, and you can find the show there. Sneaky Joe DiBiase here on today's show. We've got a game to look back on. Sabres versus Wild, one of the greatest games of the season. Sabres versus Flyers to look ahead to. We'll push that off to the later portion of today's show, just in case you're listening to this after the fact, because I am getting to this episode a little bit late in the day. So there's a chance that you might not get to this till Tuesday morning, so you can skip the last episode if that is you. If not, a little preview of tonight's matchup between the Sabres and the Flyers. More so, though, when we talk about the Flyers, I'll talk less about the matchup tonight and more about Rasmus Ristolainen. We're going to take a look back a year and a half to the Rasmus Ristolainen trade between the Sabres and the Flyers. We'll grade it, and we'll look at where the Sabres stand with what they got in return and how Ristolainen's been doing for Philadelphia and whether or not, I'm already laughing, whether or not he's giving them what they want. Uh, and that is going to be a funny part of the show to get to. So all that is ahead at Sneaky Joe Sports at Lockdown Sabres to get to uh, if to get to us on social media. Six to five Sabres over the wild on Saturday night. And of course they were wearing the goat heads because the, every time they wear them, they've scored six. That's not an exaggeration. Every single time, all five games, the Sabres have worn black and red this year. They've scored exactly six goals in each game. They are 5-0 and wearing the black and red goat heads. They, by the way, are wearing black and red again on Monday night against Philadelphia. That was not by design. That game was originally scheduled as a black and red game. Remember, it was for March. But then that Columbus game, no, not even Columbus, Tampa got postponed uh, due to the blizzard. So they put Tampa in the same date that this Philly game was in March. This game gets bumped up. So this game right here is going to be a black and red game. So let's go. Let's go Goatheads. Let's go Goatheads. Uh, and I imagine the Sabres are going to have an easy time. But again, that's uh, for later in the show. That game against Minnesota. I mean, how many – we'll get to this in my explain yourself segment. How many people ran to buy season tickets that night? I mean, how, that must have been – I was not in the arena for that game. I'm going to be going – I'm going to be in the arena on Thursday against Winnipeg. How many people had a great time at that game? Every single person. The atmosphere was incredible. You are getting goals. You are getting excitement. You are getting a good product. And the team is winning. It's all starting to come together. And that game was the culmination of all of these things starting to happen and starting to work. But now we got expectations attached to it, which makes it even more exciting. It's not, oh, this is a fun little streak. Everyone thought they'd be terrible. No, this is like they're in a playoff race and winning games like that against Minnesota, who is not a Stanley Cup contender, but it's a good team. It's an above-average team in the league. I wouldn't want to give them much more credit than that, but that's a nice win. Um, and 
it just the way they're scoring goals too, right? Like it's not even that they're scoring six. They don't score garbage goals. There were any of their six garbage. As I think back, let's, let's go through them. It, I'll go through in my head real quick here. How many of the Sabres six goals against Minnesota were garbage? I think, I feel like none of them might've been maybe one. The first one by Olafson is just a nice play by middle stat toe drag to the slot. And then he puts it over for a one timer by Olafson. That's a nice goal. Uh, Thompson on the power plays. That's a hundred mile per hour slap shot. That's a, that's a treat to watch every single time you see it. So that's a nice goal. Darlene's is magic. I mean, that is, that's a, that was probably on sports center top 10 toe dragging, waiting out the guy who dove down in the ice, uh, waiting out the other defenseman and then putting it blocker side on flurry. That's a, that is, that is a star goal. It's best goal. He's maybe scored all year cousins after that. That's a great play. Alex Tuck, go back and watch that play. This is the fourth goal by the Sabres to make it 4-2 in the second period against Minnesota. Alex Tuck enters the zone, and he does this little – I'm a lefty, so it's going to be hard to to show it – but this little toe drag between the legs, and then with one hand slides it, like almost shovels it, over to Dylan Cousins. And then Cousins goes bar in on Flurry. That was an incredible goal. So that was a nice one. Maybe the second Darlene goal, you could say, was kind of a garbage goal. I, even that, though, it's not a garbage goal. It's not like the puck went off. There was a goal the other night in, I think, Montreal, where a puck hit a guy's butt, hit a guy's shoulder, went up into the air, over top of the goaltender, and landed in the net. Like, four ricochets on its way to a goal. Like, even Darlene's second goal, I mean, it should be saved by Marc-Andre Fleury, but... It's a toe drag pass by Middlestat, and it's a one-timer slap shot from the wall. Yeah, it was five hole and along the ice. The goalie should save that 99 times out of 100. But even that one, even their garbage goals got some skill to it. It's a one-timer slap shot with a toe drag move um, and a nice pass. So, And before that, Darlene has like, got the, the forward in a spin cycle. And then Olofsson in overtime is fantastic. It's Krebs shooting down the wall with speed flying a saucer pass over to Olsen, and then he rips a one-timer. The Sabres score goals. They're young. They're fun. They're in a race. They're, they're highlight reel goals. I mean, everything is starting to work, and it's why fans are beginning to come back. I don't know about in terms of season ticket numbers, but again, I feel like that has to be improving over the last couple of weeks and months. Just walk-ups. I, mean, that's, I think that's back-to-back sellouts, and I don't have this in front of me. I don't even know if anybody's looked it up. When's the last time the Sabres had back-to-back sellouts? Because that is an accomplishment in its own, that people and fans are starting to return, and it's because of the quality of the product on the ice. It's not because of some giveaway. It's not last year. It was a little bit artificial, even. You know, like, RJ Knight was the best night in the arena all year. But why were people there? Not for the team on the ice. They were there for RJ. And that that was a magical and memorable night. But they were there for RJ. The Vegas game before that, why were people there? It was because of Eichel on the other side. It wasn't because of the Sabres. It was because of Eichel. Well, now now they're starting to sell out, not because of some other thing. They're starting to sell out because the team itself is worth believing in. And they're worth believing in enough to where I've said it a couple times, and I'll say it again here. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I really do. I think they're going to squeak in. I don't think they're going to get in some great spot. They probably get swept by Boston. 
in the first round. But I legitimately think this team is going to make the postseason. Looking at some of their advanced numbers and their goal differential and how how what good the record is with Matias Samuelson in the lineup. It's something like 18-5-1 now, something stupid like that. Um, so there's a lot happening right now, and it's a lot good. No surprise, goat head of the night, player of the game for Sabres and Wild is going to be Rasmus Dahlin. A five-point night, two goals, three assists. He is unbelievable. He's on pace for 100 points again or just just barely below it. And again, a ton of skilled plays. i got to give him a little credit. I already kind of broke down both his goals um, uh, when we just kind of went through it. But the overtime... Great awareness. He even talked about in post game. He was trying to go to the bench. He was dead tired, and he looked behind him and he saw the wild forward getting kind of tangled up with Lukanen trying to get his stick. And Darlene knew, okay, I gotta stay out here because it's three on two. If I stay out here, it's a three on two, and maybe we score. And he does the exact right thing. He goes along the wall, drops it back to Krebs, who's got space. Darlene takes Kaprizov, who was kind of forced into a defensive role there, to the net. And as Dalin is kind of going to the net, he doesn't actually end up screening the goaltender because Olsen shoots the puck so quickly. Um, he starts that play. He creates the odd man situation just with his determination to just, man, I got to get, I got to stay out here. Like I'm dead tired, but I got to stay out here for a guy that by the way, had played 30 minutes basically up until that point. So five point night for Dalin. He is our goat head of the night. And not only is he our goat head of the night because of his play, he is the the, the, the number one goat head of the night given out all year goes to this guy because he talked about the goat head in postgame. What a quote from Darlene. We feel evil wearing these jerseys. Oh, gotta love it. I love that the players are embracing it. The fans are embracing it. And any uh, Gen R&B, uh, red and black saber, black and red saber fans like me, we are getting our money's worth this season. It is working. Goat heads. Let's go. All right, we'll take a timeout here. Uh, let me make sure. Anything else worth it? Well, we'll go through our expl- my Explain Yourself segment uh, in case we missed anything from Sabres and Wild. Then, quick look at the standings. And then, a breakdown of the Rasmus Ristolainen trade. Uh, a year and a half later, where do we stand? The Sabres end of things, the Flyers end of things. It is looking like one of the more one-sided trades in the NHL in a very long time. We'll go through that when we come back on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. This stuff is super healthy for you. It's super good. Starts my day off every day. Little, it, it, You don't even know it. Just little dropper right in the water. You don't even notice, and you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help your day start right. And again, it is incredibly easy. You can either do it with the drops, or you could do it with the shake. The shakes taste great, and you're getting all the same nutritional uh, insurance that you would in the little drops uh, as well. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Talking more there about the shakes and the drops. You really don't notice that they're there. Costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Your subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D. So which that's important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. Because there's sun like what, three of the last 20 days or something in Buffalo. Uh, And that's even just for a little bit of time. But anyways, athleticgreens.com. All right. So go to athleticgreens.com 
slash NHL Network, you're going to get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Joe DiBiase here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. All right, let's go through our Explain Yourself segment, which is me explaining myself. It really should be Explain Myself segment. Uh, anyways, uh, looking through my tweets from the Sabres win over the wild on Saturday night. Um, first one, getting mad deja vu from something that happened 17 years ago. I think you all can figure out what that means. Essentially, that is just a shout and a... Uh, well, I should say a uh, reference to the 2005-2006 Sabres. Um, it's getting like that, right? The team is young like that. The team is fun like that. There are there are exceeding expectations like that. So there's a lot going their way. Um, and I think this is right. This is their best one-two center combination since Drury and Briere. Right? Gotta be. That has to be right. It, it, because Eichel did Eichel, well, Eichel O'Reilly. Maybe it's close. It's close. I might want to give a slight edge to Thompson and uh, Thompson and Cousins because Thompson right now is beyond where O'Reilly was uh, in his early Sabres career. And Eichel was like a rookie and then a second-year guy. He wasn't quite like the MVP-level player that he eventually became for the Sabres. And I think Cousins – This is. I think this is right. Cousins right now is about on the same level that a young Eichel was. Maybe maybe a maybe a drop below, uh, just a, a a small step below. But because Thompson is so much better than O'Reilly, okay, yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it. O'Reilly and Eichel's close, but Thompson Cousins is the best one-two center combo the Sabers have had since Jareem Briere. There, I said it. That's not one of my tweets from uh, Explain Yourself. Uh, if I I tweeted this, this came back to bite me. I tweeted this late in the third period. If I have one gripe. It's that Quinn and Paterka never play in the final five minutes, but Olison does. I've been carrying that around for a couple of weeks now. Granado benches Quinn and Paterka, and I don't think Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka were necessarily having a great game against Minnesota, but Granado benches them even when they are having great games, late in games, for guys like Middlestat and Olison. Olson was the guy I've used to make an example out of here. And then I think my very next tweet, like a minute later, was never mind in all caps because Olson, of course, scored the game winner like immediately after tweeting that. So you're welcome. I jinxed it. Uh, next, this one's pretty self explanatory. It's a cup emoji. Cup. You know, Stanley Cup. Just, just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there a little bit. Uh, next tweet. How many people bought season tickets tonight? That's a good question. I really wish I knew the number. A um, couple fans reached out to say that they put their name on a wi- on a list a couple of weeks ago. So maybe that process is beginning to happen more and more. Um, but it's uh, it's going well. And I think the season ticket base might start returning a little bit yeah, here and there. Um, next. Sabres of black and red. 5-0. and oh. Exactly six goals scored in every game. Uh, pretty good. Next, uh, Miller Knight is going to be insane from Kevin. I quote tweeted that, and I said, and it might be for a playoff spot. So Sabres and Islanders coming up in, I think it's exactly it's exactly one week. It's coming up in about a week or a week and a half um, next week. I think that game could be for a playoff spot. They're four back of the Islanders as it stands today. 
Uh, next up, we've got what? There's the Darlene quote about we feeling evil tonight. Here we go. Sabres have the most goals scored in the NHL. Sabres have played the fewest games in the NHL. How incredible is that? I'm not, I don't think that's still true. Um, Boston has played since the Sabres have, and they scored like seven. Yeah, Boston's at 156, and the Sabres are at 149. So the Sabres have to score seven goals uh, against the Flyers to tie them, but they also have three fewer games played than Boston, so they they will probably tie even with them at least uh, when, once they make up those games in hand. Uh, okay, um, is that it? Anything else we're throwing in here? Um, oh, this was a good one. I, I just asked my fiancé, and I did ask this what the protocol is if the Sabres are playing in the Stanley cup on her wedding day in June, she did not like the question. Uh, just thought that was funny. Figured that was uh, worth sharing. Uh, and then we get into Tennessee Titans hate. So football stuff. So that's it. All right. That was our explain yourself segment. And you know, I'll take a quick look at the standings before we break down the wrist line and trade. Um, as it stands right now, Sabres are at 42 points at 37 games. They're four back of the Islanders. Uh, who have played 41 games. So four games in hand and they're four back. So they could get within two with a win over the flyers and they'll still have three games in hand. The Islanders play next when Dallas tomorrow, Dallas on a uh, Tuesday night is when the Islanders are next in action. Um, the Penguins, by the way, beat the Coyotes on Sunday night. So the Penguins are actually occupying that second wildcard spot. They have 46 points, uh, which is four more than the Sabres, and they have played two more games. So by points percentage, the Sabres are still right there. In fact, Buffalo is now above the Islanders in terms of point percentage. Islanders are 5-6-1. Sabres are at 5-6-8. And Florida, behind them, Florida lost to Dallas on Sunday night. Florida's two points back of the Sabres and played four more games. I keep believing they will get it right just because of, I think they're more talented than the Sa- I think they're more talented just because a lot of their guys are veterans and in their primes than the Sabres, than the Islanders, and then the Penguins. I think top to bottom, the Panthers have a better roster than all three of those teams. But they're playing from behind, and the longer this goes that they continue to struggle, the less and less I have to, the less and less I have to keep mentioning them, right? Like at some point, I can't just go off what the roster looks like on paper. They do have to start getting results and get results. Even show me something like Corsi wise or expected goals for. I mean, I guess they're better. Uh, they're actually pretty good in those departments. So that's that's part of the reason why I'm worth believing in them. But goal differentials minus eight, um, four eighty eight point percentage. Like they're below Detroit and Ottawa for that. Like at some point they got to get going if they're going to keep getting respect from me and for you, they may be already lost it. All right. That's your update on the standings. We will take a timeout when we come back, a look back at the Rasmus Ristol line and trade. Where are we at with both sides of it? And you're going to love this segment. I guarantee it coming back uh, here on the lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are brought to you as always by betonline.net, your number one source for betting information all season long in every sport, whether it's the NFL playoffs, whether it's tonight, the college football national championship, whether it's the NBA golf is just starting up. That's right. The PGA, I think they're playing, they played in Hawaii this past weekend. They're always playing on like the islands and then, or the Caribbean uh, at this time of the year, but the PGA is back uh, in swing. Uh, No pun intended. The Sabres, by the way, at bet online, this might be the biggest favorite they've been all year at bet online. The Sabres are, Minus 224 on the money line to beat the Philadelphia Flyers. On the puck line, minus a goal and a half there, plus 105. I mean, that is, I think, as big a favorite. They're even money to win by two goals. 
that's 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 some damn respect that they just got there uh, from our our friends at Bet Online. I think it's the biggest favorite they've been all year. Uh, anyways, Bet Online, uh, check out their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabers podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. All right, so let's take a look back. Let's go in the uh, let's the 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 time machine back to July 23rd of 2021. The long nightmare ends. Rasmus Ristolainen, after hundreds and hundreds of games and years and years and years as the Sabers' number one defenseman, finally gets traded. And I, I wonder in an honest moment if the Sabres would tell you it was because they didn't like him as a player. Everyone fell for it. Everyone fell for the hair and more so fell for the size, the speed, the shot, the anger, the tenacity, the hitting. The guy on paper had every tool in the tool shed, but it just never, ever ever came together and he got as many chances as you could possibly imagine to show it and it never happened. Finally they trade him. I think that might have been more so Ristolain and made it clear I'm not re-signing here. He had one year left on his contract. They had to move him. Um so maybe it was a little of both, but I wonder what the motivation really was. Anyways, it doesn't matter because they traded him. Whatever. They got to that point where they traded him. And they got a haul. In that moment we loved it. Didn't we all were laughing at the trade because we thought it was such a one-sided deal. Uh, the Sabres got for Ristolainen on July 3rd, 2021, which might've been draft night or right before it. They got the 14th overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft, which they used on Isaac Rosine, who is now in Rochester. The Sabres also got a second round pick in this year's draft, the 2023 NHL draft. And as of now, that pick in the 2023 NHL draft, because Philadelphia has been struggling all year, that pick would be uh, 40th, 40th. So I, I believe that on its own would have been worth it. I would have traded Ristolainen just for the second round pick. I mean, addition by subtraction. Get those minutes off your team. It's clear nobody wants to play. Nobody's going to ever play him on the second or third pair. Get him off my team. Give those minutes to Darlene. Give those minutes to Samuelson. That that addition by subtraction comment and point sometimes might be like a, an eye roller. I, legitimately. I mean, him being gone, I think Samuelson's the big one. Does Samuelson get those minutes if Ristolainen is still here? Does Samuelson earn his way into being a top pair defenseman? I'd like to believe Don Granado would get there eventually, but Maybe not. And Ristolainen kind of clears the decks. But they got the second round pick, and they got the first round pick, which is the most unbelievable part of that trade to this day. That They got not just a first, like some late first, like 30th, 14th, top half of the first round. And Rosine, listen, his development, it's, it's, it's not going as well as maybe Paterka's was, or Quinn's, or uh, even right now, Yuri Kulik seems to be on a fast track. Uh, maybe he'll leapfrog Rosine, or maybe even has. But it's going well enough, right? Like, Isaac Rosine at this stage, really, it's it was hard to judge last year because he was playing on a team in the Swedish Hockey League, so the men's top level of Sweden, as a teenager, 
He was playing on a team's fourth line. And he's playing like nine minutes a night. Like you just you couldn't evaluate him. He's playing with grinders in the Swedish league um, against men, and he's only doing it nine minutes a night. Just there was no there was no way to evaluate what he was last year. And to the Sabres' credit, and to Rosine's credit, but the Sabres' credit especially, they got him out of there. They got him out of Sweden. They got him off that team where his role was just so detrimental to his development, and they got him to Rochester. And this year in Rochester, he's playing minutes, big minutes. He's playing on the power play. He's playing in the top six. He's been on their second line more so uh, than their first line, but he's been in the top six, and he's producing well enough, right? Like 15 points in 25 games. He was always been more of a playmaker than a than a shooter when he was drafted. You might want to see some more goals than he's got, but he's got three goals and 12 assists in 25 games. Again, you'd like to see the goal production come up, but the 15 points number, that's not bad. And he played great in the World Juniors, two goals and four assists. He had six, uh, six points in seven games for Team Sweden playing in their top six. So a strong performance at the World Juniors for Rosine. Um, a pretty strong uh, season so far in Rochester, that's going well. And you've got the second round pick on top of it. So the Sabres are happy. I think the Sabres should be happy with what they've gotten so far because they have a player that is tracking towards being an NHL or maybe not like a superstar by any means, but he's tracking towards being an NHL or, and then a second round pick, which is, you know, it's a lottery ticket. The Flyers, the Flyers, meanwhile, should feel like They've set their franchise back years with what they've done. Ristolainen, since joining the Philadelphia Flyers, he has, in 99 games played, 18 points. And he's got some of the worst, no surprise here, some of the worst advanced metrics you've ever seen. I mean, there was a chart that was floating around a couple of weeks ago where the bottom left quadrant was all alone, Ristolainen, like far below anybody else. Which And the, the label, he was literally half covering up the label, which said, not helping you. Ristolainen, not helping the Flyers. He is not good in his own end. He is not good at getting the puck out. He is not good as a puck carrier. He is not putting up points. If there was one thing he ever did that his defenders would point to as to why he was valuable, they would point to the the points totals. That's it. Like it's pretty pedestrian. But they would point to oh, he had forty five points. He had forty three points. He had nine goals. You know he he's play scoring on the power play. That's what they would point to. That's gone. That is dried up. Last year, by the way, he had sixteen of the eighteen points he's got with Philadelphia this season. It, he went like 25 games without a single point, which how do you do that? The guy played at one point 11 hours in a row of of hockey. Of just, just quantify his ice time. 11 minutes in a row of hockey without a point. Without passing the puck and it goes off a guy's skate and into the net. Or you pass the puck and then two other guys go skate around for 30 seconds and you get a secondary assist. He couldn't even get that. And this year, two assists in 33 games played. Holy cow. One surprise. This is a stunner to me. Ristolainen has finally run into a coach that doesn't like using him. Ristolainen, for the first time in his career, even last year he was doing this. Last year, he averaged 21 minutes and 26 seconds of ice time per night with the Flyers. This is the first year since his rookie season where he's not a top pair defenseman. 
consistently. 18 minutes and 22 seconds a night. The coach is John Tortorella. Did anybody have that on the bingo card? That the coach that would finally say, I don't really know about Ristolainen on my top pair. The uh, the ever young and forward-thinking John Tortorella is the one who arrived at that conclusion. I Oh, man, that was a stunner. You would think Tortorella, of all people, who loves the hard work and the compete and physicality and, you know, the meanness in front of the net, cross-checking anyone that comes near your goaltender. You would think Tortorella would love Ristolainen, but even he doesn't. I mean, yeah, even, I mean, he's really the first one. So the Flyers not getting what they wanted out of the trade, but not only did they give Rosine up and a second round pick, they doubled down. They made it worse for themselves. They doubled down. They gave Ristolainen a five-year contract for $5.1 million per year. This is the first year of this. He's already unplayable. He should be in the press box. He's unplayable. He's on their third pair, and I have to believe he's only on their third pair because they know they just paid him a contract. And how bad a look would it be if you're scratching a guy who you just paid? But this is year one. He's under contract till 2027. I mean, it's the it's the NHL version of the Russell Wilson contract. It is just so horrifying what the Flyers have done. Chuck Fletcher is running that team into the ground. He's trying to slap these Band-Aids on a team that is not built to win and needs to rebuild. But the Flyers always say, we're the Flyers. We don't rebuild. This is your punishment for not rebuilding. You do stupid stuff like this where you pay arrest Mr. Stalina. They did it a few years ago, a while back with Andrew McDonald. And Andrew McDonald, former Islander, they paid him big. And he spent half his contract in the AHL. And that might happen for Ristolainen. It's going bad. And one last thing about Ristolainen. I've criticized him, and I think a lot of a lot he gets criticized in the Buffalo media as much as any player. He's so he was so polarizing while he was here. I do feel for him. Well, through all the criticism, because I do not think he's a good hockey player, and I never really have. Through all the criticism, I do feel bad for him. Because the guy, the guy's never gonna see a playoff game. He I think is second all time to Jeff Skinner in games played without a playoff appearance. And I mean, what has he got to be thinking right now? If if, if you're Ristolainen, he's 28 years old. Remember before Buffalo, I mean, the guy he scored he was, scored the golden goal for Finland at the World Juniors. I'm not sure he's played a meaningful game since that day. He goes through eight years in Buffalo where they're never competitive. He's never you know, competing for a playoff spot, never plays in the playoffs. Then he gets traded to Philadelphia. The Sabres get good. And the Flyers are one of the worst teams in hockey. I mean, that that is, I do feel for him a little bit because the guy always tried. The guy always wore his heart on his sleeve. He always said what needed to be said. He was never afraid to hold back with the media or with his players in the locker room. Um, and the dude was crazy when it came to workouts and whatnot in the off season. Like he put it all on the line. Like he definitely did everything that, you know, you could have asked of him um, in terms of effort. It just, he's just not a good player. He's just not a good player, but I feel for him because of how hard the dude worked when he was in Buffalo and he got shipped off to like the worst situation in the league. And maybe he'll now play his entire career without getting into a playoff spot. So I feel for him, but, Man, the Sabres. Sabres, that is one of the that is gonna go down as one of the best trades and maybe the best trade Kevin Adams ever made. 
the signature trade is the Eichel trade. The, like the, the signature trade and what he'll be judged on more than anything, it will be the Eichel trade. But the best trade that Kevin Adams has made to date absolutely is the Rasmus first line trade, in my opinion, with getting Isaac Rosine and a second-round pick coming in 2023. All right, that's uh, our show for today. So Sabres and Flyers on uh, – on Monday night, and then they've got the Kraken on Tuesday night. So we got a lot of games coming up. The Sabres go Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday for this whole month. So we got a lot of games packed in here, uh, and we'll cover it all here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. So thanks everybody for listening. Check us out on Twitter. I'm at Sticky Joe Sports. Podcast accounts at Locked On Sabres. Go to YouTube, search Locked On Sabres to find us there if you want to watch the show or drop a comment uh, there. Thanks for making us your first listen every day, and we will talk to you tomorrow here on Locked On Sabres.